Dear Father in heaven, as we desire to look into thy word again this afternoon hour, we ask for a blessing from it, dear Father. The true blessing from thy living word, not head knowledge, not just mere facts, but words of life that speak to us, dear Father, that help us to live. Dear Father, we thank thee for so much for thy goodness and thy grace, for the truth, the power of the gospel. Dear Father, we pray that souls would continue to be changed by it, by Jesus Christ, would be touched by him, that they would experience you the way that they were meant to and designed to experience you. Dear Father, we pray for those that couldn't be here, those that are suffering, uh, those that are sick, comfort them. We pray for those that are traveling now too, dear Father, bring them home safely. We thank thee for thy traveling mercies. There's so many things, dear Father, that we take for granted, uh, but we wanna pause now and to thank thee for that in particular. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Thinking about camp uh, that, that we experienced this past week, it's, I was thinking, you know, how, how do we summarize the week for those that weren't there? And it's a daunting task to do that. Um, I was thinking it's kind of like a, if you had an excellent multi-course meal or a week of excellent multi-course meals, and then you're supposed to summarize that in one sentence or that experience. And the, obviously the best thing is to sit at the table if there's room and to eat yourself. But in the absence of that, I'd like to, with God's help, just share a few thoughts from what stuck with me from this past week from um, Psalm 37, which was where the theme verse or the, the portion of the, or the theme was found. Psalm 37. So the theme was found in, in verse 5, the first part of verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. But I'd like to read the whole psalm, uh, bearing in mind that um, really the, the theme of the psalm is found in those first opening verses, the first maybe opening seven verses is, is, the, real, is the theme, but then David kind of reinforces it. This is a psalm of David, and it is written, it was written when he was an old man, after he lived a full life. You think his, his life is recorded in great detail in scripture. There's a lot we can learn. He came across a lot of good and wicked people. And this is the experience that he's learned. Let's start with verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, 
but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume, into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land, and dwell there forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous, and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord, and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, the end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord, he is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. I've read the entire Psalm 37. May God bless the reading of his word. So as I mentioned, this Psalm seems to be really all of one theme. David's experience of the difference between the good and, and the wicked, their ends, and the, and the encouragement to commit to trust entirely to him. 
And those first seven verses contain instructions that demonstrate to me what committing your way to the Lord really means. And that these were the, the, the topics of each day's lesson. We had a, a, a one lesson for each day. The first one was on fret not thyself because of evildoer. And the second one was on, on if I have it correctly, on trusting in the Lord, then delighting thyself in the Lord, and then resting in the Lord. And then the last day was committing thy way unto the Lord. So each day, the, the classes that were um, held in, I didn't get as much as I wanted of the classes sometimes with a young child, but listening to the discussion, just on each of those topics, we really were able to consider the, the attitudes, the hard attitudes of, of what is involved in committing. You know, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a, just an intellectual thing. It's a daily heart activity, you know, of, of choosing not to trouble myself with wickedness and choosing to trust in God, to delight in him, actually. To, to have my joy in him. That's part of committing to the Lord, to rest in him. And that was the, that was the classes. That was the, the, the main digging into. What I took from camp, what, what I gather as the, the main theme, really is this call. Camp was, for me, a call to commit to God's ways in hope and in trust. To, to commit, and that call, it goes to the unbeliever and to the believer alike. It was amazing to me how in the same message time and time again as, as the brothers preached, as the inspiration hours went, uh, that same message, it had its application to those outside of Christ who had not committed their lives to the Lord, and it had its application too to those that were in and were called to a deeper uh, commitment. That's one thing we see in this psalm, and it, the psalm doesn't really address in the way that we now understand it, but that difference between the good and the wicked, that, that how we go from one to the other, uh, we know now, we know clearly because of Jesus Christ, it is because of him that we are able to be good, to have a heart like this that rests in him continually and, and trusts in him fully and, and uh, delights in him because the object is so much clearer now. We see Jesus. We can look to him continually, as we heard this morning, that his life, his, his words is, I mean, it is amazing to me that David, the man of God who had a, had a heart after God, um, so close to him in so many ways, and yet he, in God's wisdom and his, and his perfect sovereignty, he had not yet revealed Jesus Christ to him. It had to be till... Jesus came some, if I have it right, 700 years later. I'm not sure of my timeline exactly. But it's amazing to me, and yet um, reassuring, it's the same God. Even though he did not know Jesus Christ, he did not go, know God's plan of salvation, he could still have the same heart attitudes that we now have as believers. It's this, the same God, the same Holy Spirit. So, my friend outside of Christ... That was a, 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 this past week at camp was a clear call uh, to you. It was a clear um, call to commit yourself, to leave pride and self behind and to focus on God. And that's really what comes out in this psalm, is that the good are the ones that are continually looking to the Lord. 
They're, they're resting in him. It's not like they're just good independent of him or they're moral and upright and they don't do this and this and this. This Psalm, this David's experience is, I was only able to have a, a, a to be good by looking to, to God, to rest in him, to trust in him. So my friend outside of Christ, that was the first call, is to, to leave yourself behind, to leave your pride, your self-reliance, and to trust fully in, in God. Knowing that he's the, the one that, that first committed to you, that was the, the subject of, of uh, Wednesday's, part of the subject of Wednesday's sermon, was that God was committed to us before we were ever committed to him. And, and my friend outside of Christ, to know that, you know, it's, 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 it's not that you have to be good on your own, you're just responding to God's goodness. That's really what, what salvation is, uh, uh, your experience of salvation. Before we were, you know, when we were ugly, when we were dead in sins, when we were disgusting and deplorable to everyone, and, and the, the words were, were quite graphic, but were taken from Ezekiel um, 16, I believe, of a, of a baby that's cast out in the field. That's God seeing you and yet loving you and, and yet, yet desiring to, to have you as his own. So that theme of, of leaving yourself, not trusting in yourself, your pride, your, your own self-sufficiency, and trusting in the Lord, that came out very clearly. And, and another thought that comes to mind at this moment was the, the brother who shared the testimony on Friday night. Um, he encapsulated it in three ways, the three different types of people that, that don't trust in the Lord, really the, the runners, the drifters, and the complicators. Said that the ones that are, are are running from God, just straight out running, they're doing their own thing. They don't have an interest. They're running from Him. The drifters that are kind of aimless and wandering, and then there's the complicators that want to come to God, but they complicate things too much because again, they're not trusting in God. Each one in his own different way. So that was the the call to to the unconverted, to those that are outside. Christ is to, to leave them their, their selves and their pride and self-sufficiency behind and to trust fully in God. But the call to the, the believer was really strong too this past week. The, the call to the believer to commit more completely and more deeply. And um, that was Brother Edmund's uh, message on, on Tuesday where he uh, identified the the end times being as a time of, of love waxing cold. And, and there is a great call to commit to his body more fervently. As times get more difficult, as we likely enter de- a, a, a real persecution, he's calling us to um, commit to our local bodies. And in so doing, as we love each other in a more real way, this will call the lost. And he gave some examples. And... Um, my mind, I don't think he meditated on this scripture, but my mind went to, I think, a scripture that captures this, the tenor of, of that message in Hebrews chapter 6, where he says, For God is not, un- but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though thus we speak, after warning them of the possibility of departing, 
from God. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, the good things you did in the past, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister, that you're still doing, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. This scripture here, kind of, you're doing good things. You did good things in the past. There were good works that, and, and Edmund gave the, the example of, of the previous generations where hospitality was a real, um, really practiced. That where he, when he went to Kitchener, he was fought over <laughs> who, would, who would have him for lunch. Um, and uh, he, he, part of his call was to return to that, return to that uh, ministry uh, to one another in our own homes. And I think that's part of, of the deeper commitment that God wants us to have as an answer to this love growing cold, as, this, as the, the, the times that we look around us and, and things that are happening to us and affecting us is to draw together in a real way, to minister to each other. And in so doing, invite our neighbors, our friends to see this, to see we have something that the world doesn't have. We have a commitment to each other that goes beyond just family or just or ethnic group or whatever, or, or it goes deeper and people uh, will be drawn to that because it is unique and it is precious and this world doesn't have it. So that was part of the call to the believer on Wednesday. Remember also another call to the believer in I want to say Thursday's sermon, Brother Alex's sermon, where he talked about Ezekiel uh, chapter 40, 47, the, the temple, this, this vision of the temple that Ezekiel was given and this, this, this water that's flowing out from the temple. And as it goes, um, you know, thousands of cubits after thousands of cubits, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And he said, the interpretation of this is this river is the Holy Spirit. And he, the, the, the challenge he posed you know, as, as Ezekiel's walking in this river and getting deep, first it's up to his ankles, then it's up to his knees, then it's up to his waist, and then it's so deep that he can, he has to swim in it. And at that point, he looks on the land and the, there's trees and everything. The land is, is gloriously in fruit and bloom. And the challenge that he gave was, are you an ankle-deep Christian? Are you a waist-deep Christian? Or are you immersed in the Holy Spirit, swimming in God's goodness and being fruitful? And uh, that was a call to the, to the believer likewise. The last thing I remember is the, the message on Friday night. The, the call to the unbeliever and to the believer alike. And the call to the believer, summarized, still sticks in my mind from Brother Mark's sermon, was the call to holiness in, in an age and in a time where it's so easy to touch the unclean thing. He said, come out from among them. Don't touch the, the unclean thing and be separate. It's so easy to touch the unclean thing, to be associated with, to have it affect you, to, 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 to rub off on you. And, and in so doing, just turn your eyes, turn your gaze, turn your, uh, your energies away. The call to holiness, the call to suffering, said so that's what we're being called to now and something we shouldn't be shying away from, that we long for comfort and an easy life, and the call to love. And it comes back to what we heard um, in the previous nights. And that stuck with me too, how simple, um, simply spoken, how eloquent that message was that God is calling the believer in these ways.
have to think now, what is, how does this now look in our lives? You know, we have, we often talk about the camp experience. Camp is this high, this emotional high, you know, just because you're with other believers, it's so rich, you're, you're, the word is shared constantly, daily. And if we just experience that and then come back to normal, that, that is not commitment. That's not the nature of commitment. Commitment is things will change. Things will be done differently. It's not going to be the same as it was before. And how do we do that? What, how, what does this commitment to God's ways look like? First, to my unbelieving friend, or to my, I should say, my seeking friend. If, if, if God has called you and, and you feel that desire, that, that, um, that this is the time he's calling you and you don't know if there will be another time and, and is now to respond, I would say, my unbelieving friend, don't um, let this slide. Don't just wait till the emotions or whatever, the conviction from this past week subside, and then you can, it's easier to put that away from you. But make concrete steps now. Reach out to someone, talk to someone, speak to them about this, ask for counsel, ask, ask for guidance, take those small steps. Um, another brother shared with me at, at the, just as we we're talking during the week, he said, one thing I haven't heard yet this week, and I think it would be important for, for the seeking soul to hear, is that if you take one step towards God, if you just, that grain of a mustard seed, he takes 99 towards you. He does things, he shows up in so many ways that, that, that is just, it overwhelms you. It's just that little step of faith that you take, whether it is to speak to someone, whether it's to ask for forgiveness for something that you know you did in the past that was wrong. That little thing, that little act of faith, God takes that. He works with it. He multiplies it. He opens your eyes. He opens your hearts in a, in, in a, in a way that only he does. That, that's his work. So my friend outside of Christ, this is how the commitment will become real. The commitment to follow will become real. As you take little steps, as you, as you seek counsel, guidance from others. My brother and sister, it's actually, I think, kind of similar for us too. This commitment becomes real as we become more accountable to, to each other, as we speak to, to one another and say, I have this feeling or this um, conviction from the Lord, help me, help me to keep it. Let's do it together. That's why we have a body. It is to, to not just say something and let those words pass. We just, you know, we, we say something, we read God's word and then we go home. <laughs> no, God's word is living and it lives among us as it works, as it does things, as we share it with each other and we realize, yeah, we need to change in this way. Uh, we need to do this. Um, God is calling us to reach out to this person. Do you, um, <laughs> I appreciated Brother Mark's just expressions as he spoke and he said, when he the call to love, he said, do, do you not have any wallflowers in your church? People that just seem to come in and come out, reach out to them in love. They need to be ministered. Those that are on the fringes, on the perimeters, they need to be drawn closer together. There are so many things that we need to be doing. Um, so often, we, I get those convictions, I get those feelings, but then I don't talk about them with other people. I don't share um, specifics. And I think then it's easier for those things to die. So that's my encouragement to, to 
those that didn't attend camp, I hope you got a, some sense of it. That all of all of the messages, the forums are all available online for listening. Um, one of the other highlights for me was the the forum on a commitment, a deeper commitment to your local fellowship, and it was a panel discussion. And um, the, the brothers and sisters that they had there shared deep personal things that I thought took courage. That but that encouraged me and sh and showed me how precious uh, what God has given us. Uh, how precious the thing is that God has given us and that is worth committing to. It was remarked upon that I think it, that uh, this year there seemed to be a lot of people at camp that had been in our church and, and left and, and, uh, and, uh, but still came back for the camp experience. And I'm kind of trying to wonder why that is, what's the phenomenon, why, why that's going on. There was a, a good portion of people that had and thinking about that, I, I really pray that the messages and, and the, the word that went out this week spoke to those people, too, to realize that if it just stays in that one week, that's not commitment. That's not God's will. You know, if it's just you, you came for a one-week experience, but then there's no connection to the body, that's, it's fake. It's not real. And I pray the Lord draws them and convicts them, as he does all of us, too, likewise, that Camp isn't just a camp experience, but um, a speaking, a calling of God that we hear very clearly and then we respond. May the Lord bless his word. The tempest is raging a bit, which reminded me <laughs> of... Um, Brother Phil's message and the fact that commitment is meant to be tested. That we commit our ways to the Lord, we get in the boat with him, and then the storms come. And we were reminded that the, the best place to be is in that boat with him. And I have to think it's good, you know, the call that we have, the, the emotion, the intensity, that's good. And then it's also good that that leaves. And then the nature of faith is tested. The rubber meets the road, so to speak. And my friend outside of Christ, it's the same too with you. That emotion maybe leaves, that maybe even some of the clarity, and that's where faith has to germinate and grow. God is testing you through that. Just trust him. Allow him to, to grow that faith within you. I think as we look to Jesus, the, the pilot, the one who is there with us every step of the way, he allows us, he will allow us to, to bear fruit for his honor and his glory. That's my prayer. I know that's the Lord's desire for each one of us, whether it's fruits of repentance or fruits in his kingdom, all of it connected to him, the vine. May God bless us as we depart uh, from one another. May we never be far from each other's minds and thoughts and prayers this coming week. And uh, may he draw us closer together in one with that, we, we conclude this service.